Chopper Suit Convos. We back. It's the first day of winter. Bird season is officially here. How you handling the cold, Jamal? You already know I'm on my wooden time grind, man. It is what it is. It's a part of life. I got my I got my parka that I be rocking with the fur on it. You know what I'm saying? Keeps me nice and cozy. You know what I mean? Staying active. And why don't you let the people know about the wintertime grind and who who inspired that uh, campaign? You know, shout out my nigga PZ Ghetto Boys out of Detroit. You know what I mean? The wintertime grind is just staying focused. You're not really trying to be out in the limelight too much. You know what I mean? You can go cop some some Balenci or whatever, but you just like, you know what? I'm going to chill in there right now. Just stack it up right now so I can go crazy in the summer and just in the future in general. That's what the wintertime grind is, keeping your head down, staying focused, and, and focusing on what matters the most. Not chasing hoes either. Word. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Well... You got to witness what I believe is the greatest sporting event of all time, the 2022 Men's World Cup Final. I've been talking about it since Sunday on the network. We had a great episode of Champagne Soccer that is out right now. Check it out. What did you think about it from, you know, the perspective of a guy who isn't a soccer fan? Well, you know, for like the first 70 minutes of it, well, no, I ain't going to say that. Well, for a long time of the game, I'm just thinking like, you know, this shit is soccer. Like, these niggas are just running around, kicking the ball. France seems like they're slower than Argentina. It just seemed like Argentina was just faster than them niggas for some reason. And then, you know, I see uh, Argentina is up 2-0. Messi scored both of those, right? No, he scored the penalty, and then Angel Di Maria, the the people's champ, he scored the second one. Yeah, so I saw both of that, and I'm thinking, well, it's over. But then, you know, I remember Messi, I think he lost like that before. And I think the girl that I was with, she was like, oh, I hope this, what happened to Argentina last time doesn't happen. Next thing you know, it's probably like 20 minutes left, maybe. Um, Mbappe and France start looking a little fast, <laughs> faster than what they were. Mbappe scores, and um, she's pissed. I'm happy because, you know, I wanted France to win. And, um, you know what I mean? I'm just thinking, like, oh, shit. But I'm thinking, like, nah, Argentina got this joint. Next thing you know, France seems like their defense start tightening up. They score again. And I'm like, oh, shit, this is crazy. Like, I'm like, okay, this is what the soccer fans be talking about. Even though it took a long time for it for me, but probably in you guys' eyes, that's just the game. Like, I feel like maybe a lot of soccer games be like this and it's always hot at the end. But for me, it's like, why well, I got to be hot at the end? Why can't it just be like that the whole time? But that's just not the game. But next thing you know, it's 2-0. Shit's getting crazy. And then um, at that point, I'm rooting for France still. So... Argentina starts waking up and as somebody who roots against a messy dog, that shit is like stressful. Anytime they were like in their little area to, to score or had the ball down there, it was scary as shit. Like it's like he can score anytime. And of course, Acuna, he was, you know, fucking it up for them in my eyes, but it was just, it was just crazy to like 
actually experience and feel like, <gasps> like, oh shit, oh, 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 they're close. Oh, they about to score. Oh shit. Oh my God. Like, you know what I'm saying? That was happening a lot. And then um basically it was just very thrilling. And it was just crazy to see like the shit go back and forth. Like it was three and oh, obviously by the end of it. But for me, it was just like probably the most exciting soccer game I ever watched. It was very thrilling. And I got to see like what soccer fans enjoy. And I got and to root against somebody who's as good as Messi is very stressful and and crazy because he's a scary man when he gets that ball down there. But um, it was dope, man. It was an amazing game. I'm happy I watched it. And I feel like whenever I watch soccer, the sport shows off for me because it wants me to come over. But, you know, I'm too American for that. But it was still dope. I just wish how the last like 30 minutes of the game could be like the whole game. If you were, if we would have talked about this on Monday, I would have had better explanations. But Mbappe no. is the realist. He's the best player in the world. That yeah, I told the girl that. five all time for me right now. Congrats for Messi to get his community service World Cup. A lot of propaganda went behind him getting it. It is what it is. I never root for white people because when they win, you see their racism. They burn in. Uh, images of Mbappe, weirdo stuff going on. And you know anything about the the history of Argentina, you know a lot of those boys are the products of, you know, ex-Nazis and Italian. Italian boys that had to get low during World War II. That's why they have those Italian names. And, you know, some of them swap their German aliases. There's one guy, the guy that made the game-winning uh, goal for Argentina in the World Cup, Montiel, his nickname is the German. And I was like, man, <laughs> I know why that's your name, boy. <laughs> mm -mm. I didn't know they had Germans over there, too. I just knew a lot of Italian people went yeah, there. They went down there, too. They had a lot of fun. They that's even, why Manu's name is. There's a brother on the team named McAllister. They even have Scottish boys down there, okay? So a lot of whites went down there to remix. But, hey, congratulations to Argentina. It is what it is. Killing Mbappe. So you were going for France? Of course. I always root for black people. And especially, I can't root for a country that, you know, they hit. I, look at Argentina's history. I can't support that. I can never support that. My oh, favorite yeah. player is Killian Mbappe Lotin. He is the future. He is the present. That brother, like I said, I know it might be blasphemous to some people, but for me, he's top five all time. He just turned 24 yesterday. But he's the truth. Dog, I remember on his second goal, just by the way he kicked it, I knew it was going in. Yeah, he's the truth, bro. It looked like it was like, oh, shit. And the girl I was with, she was like hating on him. She was scared of him every time he touched the ball. She was like, I can't stand that little nigga. Yeah, they are. The whites are afraid of that boy. They know he's the real one. He, he's not white, though. Yeah, he's supporting whites. That's because all her coworkers are Spanish. So they're all whites, and they put her on a soccer like within the last within the last two three weeks. This is how I'll tell you, hey Mbappe, he's the truth. He is the real heir to Pele and Ronaldo. Speaking of, and the real Ronaldo, not Cristiano. I'm talking about the black one from Brazil. Mbappe is the real heir to that legacy. That's why the things that he's done at 24, it's unprecedented. Like he already has the same amount of goals as Pele did in the World Cup. Pele played in four World Cups. Mbappe has played in two. My man has scored the most World Cup goals 
in a tournament since the OG Ronaldo did in 2002. Like, I think they said he's played about 388 games as a pro or something, and he has 400 goals contributions. So the brother has been overperforming his whole career, and theoretically, you would think this is not even his prime yet, but that's the difference between soccer and other sports where the special ones, they hit they prime when they're teenagers. Like once again, like I said, he's the heir to Pele, Ronaldo. The only Hold on, Ronaldo with the funny haircut. Yes, 2002, Brazil. The only he's black. Yes, the only teenagers to score a goal in a World Cup final is Pele and Mbappe. So this nigga is the truth. He's well, like but you could argue he's the best player in World Cup history. And that's the biggest tournament in the history of the sport. And he doesn't like in the French and Ligue 1. He doesn't like in the Champions League. He's on God level over there, too. So, hey, man, I'm glad the world got to see Mbappe blackout. And, yeah, Argentina won the final, but that's going to be my memory. This is Mbappe's World Cup. Yeah, like, I wanted France to win badly, but I wasn't so – it was cool to see Messi go out with the win because wasn't his country hating on him and comparing him to the OG of his country? What's his name? Diego Armando Maradona, yeah. yeah. They were like, Maradona gave us a World Cup. You never did. You're not better than him, even though he's better than him, right? Mm. <laughs> Wait, you don't respect Messi that much anymore because he's white? I, like, I've told people, I said he is number – I think I have him number two. He just passed Maradona. Like, yeah, he's the best player I've ever seen from this generation, but I don't think he's better than Pele. And then being better than Maradona is debatable. I do have him over Maradona now. I said he's number two, but it's close. Yeah, but I saw them. They had like a Catholic flag of Maradona, like he was like the Virgin Mary. Yeah, he 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 is he is the guy. Yeah, and then um so uh, that uh, Ronaldinho dude isn't close to these guys? Ronaldinho is one of the most talented. Like for me, if you are just talking about who are the most skilled niggas ever, it's Maradona and Ronaldinho. But those brothers were party boys. So, And did Ronaldinho ever get a World Cup? Yes, 2002 with Brazil. Oh, oh, <laughs> right. Ronaldo was leading them. Damn, that's crazy. And then um, Neymar got one, right? Hell no, that nigga don't have nothing. Dang, he's falling off to you guys? Eh, I mean, yeah, you could say that. I mean, he's not the best player on his team. You know he plays on a team with Mbappe and Messi, right? He's the third best player on his own team. Dang, so Messi and Mbappe both play in the French League? Yeah, they both they all play for PSG. That's oh, yeah. what made it even weird that... Jordan team. Yeah, that's what made it even weird that... This is supposed to be Messi's teammate and his uh, his club teammate. And when they celebrate him for their national team, niggas are shitting on Mbappe. He's looking straight, smiling. He got uh, Emmy Martinez, their goalkeeper. This nigga, he has a weird beef with Mbappe. During their celebration after the match, he asks for a moment of silence for Mbappe because he's dead. Then that nigga's not all that, that goalie. Yeah, he's not. Well, he's he's pretty good, but he's an Arsenal product. He's pretty good, but he plays for Ashton Villa. That's like a nigga talking shit and he plays for the Hornets, but it is what it is. He has a World Cup. 
And at the celebration, he's holding like a baby with Mbappe's face. So I'm like, yeah, it's yeah, some, weird, some weirdo shit. That's what I'm saying. That's why I don't be supporting white countries, man. Maybe that's just how they beef in the sport and it has nothing to do with Mbappe being African. Nah, man. Whenever you're a country that deleted niggas, it's always about something weird. Yeah, I just learned about their African history and it's yeah, and it was like, no wonder why you guys are very white, even though like I think Peru and Chile might be whiter than them, but nah, Peru, they, have, Chile, they have more brown boys over there. I, and not Chile though. Yeah, they have more brown boys over there. Like you'll see people like Arturo Vidal, they'll look uh, I get what you're saying. They look yeah, more like native. brown boys. Like them, Argentina, they're all caucasoids. Right. Yeah, they're all white. Yeah. You're saying, yeah, they're all caucasoids. They they doped up, they whitewashed very well. And then who's the African dude at the end on um France? I think his name starts with an O or a U. There's he, a lot of Africans on France, man. Starts with an O or a U, and he was playing some good oh, ass defense. I don't know, no, he's a center back. What's his name? Dayot Opamakano. Yeah, he was playing some good ass defense at the end. But for some reason, his uh manager was yelling at him. And I'm like, nigga, he saved y'all like twice. What the fuck are you yelling at him for? Yeah, man. Deschamps CEA, you're under surveillance. I hope Zidane takes the job. But it- <laughs> Let's move on to some hip hop. Hold on, no, no, that that was like an amazing, crazy game. Like that was probably the, the soccer game that I actually got the most. Like, it was intense, and and that's just dope that I got to see one of the best soccer matches. That was tight. Or right. actually, I didn't want to see it. Yeah. All right. Speaking of things that you could say happen on accident, <laughs> Chief Keith, ten years of finally rich. Uh, the tenth anniversary was December eighteenth. And a couple of days ago, he had a 10-year anniversary concert presented by Spotify in New York City, where he performed the whole album. Um, man, when this album came out, Jamal and I were in college. I was at Norfolk State. He was at VCU, I believe. And I was interning for this website called PleaseDon'tStare.com. Shout out Ben Hameen. Rest in peace, Combat Jack. Um and I wrote about Chief Keef, and I felt like he was going to be the new superstar in rap. Obviously, that didn't happen, but not because of a lack of talent or ability, but just seemed like he wasn't interested in becoming a mainstream star. But even though you could say, for me, I know he's released other projects, other quote-unquote albums, but for me, I look at Finally Rich as his only album. And you can argue that it is a classic because of its influence, its impact, the songs on it. So how do you remember that era? Because, hey, you can let people know about your background being around Chief Keef and stuff. But how do you feel about that era and, you know, Finally Rich celebrating 10 years? I mean, that era was fun. Like, that era was crazy. That was, like, piggybacking off of, like, the new change in rap from like the old industry, New York G unit type shit. I mean, it was coming off of Wayne too, after Wayne dominating, but it was after like Gucci and like starting to see like these real street people who weren't really a part of the machine starting to take over and rap was starting to get more simple, but the production was starting to get more like Southern bass, Memphis bass, you know what I'm saying? Kind of crunky bass, trap bass. So that was just an amazing like 
time because rap was like the wild west at that time to me and um it was just dope to see somebody from like chicago bringing like that that street element that i haven't really seen from chicago before ever and um it was just amazing you know what i'm saying and then this was around the time when i was with fat trail a lot so it just seemed like oh shit they on like the same shit like trail and like the slutty boys in Amazon. You know what I'm saying? Like it was just like, like when I first seen Chief Keep, I thought he was from like Maryland or Philly or like North Carolina. I thought he was from somewhere close because I seen like we the dreads. They, we thought they were city boys from DC when we first saw them. With I knew he wasn't from DC. Faces, but yeah, you could tell eventually. Like oh, the way they rapping. And yeah, that. I knew he wasn't from DC just because yeah. of the accent, but the look, the dreads and the North faces. So I'm thinking this got to be like some type of like. Philly, Pennsylvania, North Carolina type shit. Like they're not far away, but you know what I'm saying? But they kind of close enough. And then uh, it's funny, I found out about him because of because of Lil B remixed his bang song through I found out about him through Derek. Oh, uh, true. I found out about Chief Keith through um, you know me, I was a I'm I'm still a hip hop, hip hop nerd. I'm 32, but I can't give it up. I love the game. But um, I think I first found out about him on Fake Short Drive. Shout out Andrew Barber. I used to go on that blog because at that time, that was when Chicago was going through a renaissance. And I was paying attention to the older homies. Like, I don't know. This is a blast from the past. L.E.P. Bogus Boys. Remember them? Oh, shit. Of they course. were like the street niggas I was listening to from Chicago. But as you know, they're older brothers like those are the guys I was listening to and like Doughboy's Cash Out to get like my Midwest boss rap. And then I see the young goons coming through and I remember the Bang mixtape. And yeah, on Bang, there is a Lil B remix on it. And then I was like, oh, all right. Okay, this kid's- Oh, Lil, Lil B's actually on the actual Chief Keef one? Yeah, he's on Bang. You ain't know that? I just know that he just I think before I don't know if Bang mixtape came out or not yet, but Lil B had his own joint. Yeah, and he added it for Bang, right? Yeah, it was a Bang remix. Yeah, it was yeah, exactly. Yeah, they added it to the tape, and oh, that's why you notice on Back from the Dead. That's why Soldier Boy's on it because you know he was following whatever Little B would do. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So yeah, but um, what do you think about the album? Uh, I can read the track list real quick. Um. The intro, Love Sosa, track two, Hallelujah, track three, I Don't Like, featuring Lil Reese, track four, No Tomorrow, track five, Hate Being Sober, featuring 50 and Wiz, track six, KK, track seven, Laughing to the Bank, oh, I love that song, people use that for memes, and that shit, oh, man. Oh, yeah, the dude, they use James, who was it, James Worthy smoking? Yeah, yeah, he be having fun. <laughs> <laughs> track eight, uh, Diamonds featuring French Montana. Track nine, Ballin'. Track 10, Understand Me. Understand Me. Yeah, featuring Jeezy. Uh, track 11, the 300 remix featuring Rick Ross, CSC. And this is a proud of, this is the era of when, Hey, this song from the mixtape was so hard. We need to put on the album, and then we'll put a mainstream feature on it to make it new. Yeah, this is when they were. When this is that's the funny thing. Like the the rap game was late at this time. Yeah, they weren't like hip unless you were like Soldier Boy or something. But like a lot of people, like Rick Ross, and them were getting on there. Even with Kanye remixing "Don't Like," that shit was way after. Like I remember I played "Don't Like" 
at VCU and nobody even knew what it was. Yeah, well, you know, I went to a black school, so we're a little because I mean, this was like early though. Nah, I'm sorry, I, I know what you mean because I remember, I remember talking to you about that stuff because. We used to be cool with DJs in the area, and we would ask DJs like, "Yo, play this, play that." They would be lost, but like I remember, Three, four months later, nigga, that was everybody's anthem. Yeah. But like I remember, uh, by the oh yeah, and then track twelve, the title track, finally rich. On let me just say this real quick: on the uh, standard version of the album, Young Chop produced about seven of the twelve songs. And then um, on the deluxe, you have Sitgo, Kobe. I love Sitgo. Yeah, Sitgo. That's the hipsters. That's hipsters' favorite song. They I thought like, Macaroni Tom. Macaroni Tom was on this album. Nah, that's on one of those. Uh, I think that's just the Lucy, or it might have been on like a uh, Bang Two or one of those mixtapes. That's my shit. Word. Um, but yeah, this tape, this album. Yeah, I was about to call it a tape. Shout out Young Chop. He was like the executive producer. Um. Along with Rohan Manuel and Larry Jackson, you you've heard of Larry Jackson, right? Mm, no. Well, okay. Well, he's an industry brother. He was one of the main chiefs at Apple Music. If you don't know, Chief Keith could have been the first artist signed to Apple Music, but you know, he didn't want it. I don't think he saw the vision, but I'm still glad that Chief Keith is enjoying himself, um, making music that he's still working on stuff like. His last album that I listened to, Phonem, from um, it came out last December. That jumps hard. Mm-hmm. I, like his, I like his projects. Well, the first one especially, Glotoven with Zaytoven. So I mean, Chief Keith, you can't deny he's a legend. And um, do you think this album is a classic? Because I do. Um, I guess based off people, but you gotta understand when this album came out, like. I like a lot of the songs, but I didn't like it more than his mixtape stuff. You said you like which one? I didn't like it as much as I liked his mixtapes. Yeah, me too. At the time, I didn't. But that's what the beauty is with a classic. Because now I look at this album, all these songs play in my head. Like, if 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 you're telling me it's a classic, I'm going to listen to you. But for me, I mean, I think it's a classic. Like, the album itself, to me is like just him in that time period is classic to me the whole movement reese um fredo like that was crazy like i've never seen that many people who rap that simple rap that hard because they were very simplistic in their style and their beats were very hard yeah they're the evolution you can tell they're inspired by the post quote unquote the new trap era of you know Jesus. Waka and what he was doing with 808. I'm even going a little after that, but Jeezy is influential to them. For that sure. simple shit. But definitely yeah, exactly. Waka. Definitely Waka. Yeah, Waka is a king, especially with the 808 Mafia. Lex um, Luger. Beats. Yeah, Lex Luger. Gucci is a big influence. Future is an influence. Like you said, Jeezy. Even like I remember realizing when they were saying, Skeet it. I was realizing that it was let's get it. And I was like, whoa, that, that's them saying let's get it. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had <laughs> they had all kinds of shit. Like they brought the word op into like oh yeah prominence and they like even made people know what foo-foo is. Yeah, foo-foo thought. <laughs> I think thoughts from them too. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I can't love no thought Yeah, that's theirs. So like they and then just the fact that um 
Fredo, they all each had like a hit when they came out. Like um Reese was um us. Yeah. Yeah, at the top it's just us. All the New York niggas love that shit for some reason. Yeah. I don't know why. It's just people that I knew that were like New York niggas love us and Reese. And that and then, tape wasn't his tape that us is on is pretty good. And then Fredo had the my little niggas with the shit don't play around. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like it was just a dope movement just to see like that many people coming with that much heat yeah it's for me it kind of stinks that they didn't get to have a sustained long career in the mainstream but hey that's not everybody's wish i don't know if chief keith wishes he could replay his career and do things differently but hey man he's still a legend he's still very influential and he still makes good music so salute to him and for a brother that has had this career that is over a decade, he's still only 27 years old, which is amazing. So then it was dope when they like clicked up with Trail and that they meshed so well. And then they was fucking with Gleesh. And like, I was just excited for like yeah. just everything. Like, Deets, like we had like Trail and Young Gleesh and Slutty Boys. And then they fucking with the hottest new nigga like that like kind of matches like the shit was just exciting for me and then like SB tape yeah and then like i remember like obviously like when i showed like chris and young mo like yo y'all gotta check this dude out like this nigga is like fucking tight like i don't know where he's from he like mommy a trail a little bit like with his style and then i like looked up an interview of like where the inter the interviewer was um saying that while out like while we were waiting and setting up our stuff, he was rapping Fat Trails Respect with the Tech. And I was like, yo, he even fucks with Trails music already. Like, yo, yo. Chris like saw some like he saw the article and saw like who wrote it and was like, yo, I'm gonna hit that dude up. Like yeah, I was like, yeah, I was like, yeah, you, yeah. you gonna hit him up? I was like, what if he start like what if he's like, nah nigga, I'm hitting him up anyway. I was like, yeah, bad dog, whatever. Like hit him up. Shit. Next thing you know, um fucking Russian roulette, like a week later, shot that video in DC and then Shit was just history, and then you know, and ended up Chief Keep ended up coming to Richmond. Um, Trail and Chris was in Cali, but I was with Young Mo. Young Mo was staying at my crib at that time, like not like living with me, but he was just when he would come to Richmond, he was yeah, parlay with you, yeah. And then, um, so we went to the concert, we linked up with uh Chief Keep, um, Blood Money, his manager Dro, Ball Out was there. I saw um, SD Reese and like Fredo and them weren't there, but we was like on stage with Chief Keith and then, you know, Blood Money stayed at my house that night. You know what I mean? He offered me some bitches, rest in peace, Blood Money. He yeah. offered me two joints that he brought back. You know, I couldn't parlay. I had a girlfriend at the time who was out oh, sleeping so in my bed. Oh, unfortunate. Shout I mean, out. You know what I mean? Him and somebody else, I don't want to say people's name, but they knocked yeah, of them. Course, of course, yeah. Knocked on my door like four in the morning. was like, yo, we got these two joints. You know what I'm saying? What's up? Because he was very appreciative that I let him stay at my crib because during that time, you know what I'm saying? I was still in school. So like the people who were staying at my crib a lot were like on some rock star shit. So I was like getting more stricter and shit. Like, <laughs> like, all right, guys, come on, man. Like young Mo had to basically tell blood money. Like, Hey, hey like you can't smoke in here. Cause like our building was starting to get on us. Like, yo, yeah, yeah. we smell smoke again. We getting y'all niggas out of here. Type <laughs> shit. Cause we used to blow that shit down. So blood money was in there smoking. He had to tell him to chill. So like, basically it was kind of like my spot was cool, but it was like, you know what I mean? You kind of got chill here. So he was like, it just seemed like he was like, yo, I appreciate you letting let me just parlay here and stay here. I got some bitches for you type, type shit. So. What a gentleman. And Chief Keith was a very cool dude, man. Like, very down to earth. You know what I mean? Like, he walks up to you, sp uh, speaks, introduces himself. 
Like he wasn't cocky or nothing like that at all. Like he was cool as fuck. So that was just an amazing time, man. It was like, yo, like I'm seeing people and like then I'm like being around these people, like almost like on some manifestation shit. So it was crazy just to be like, yo, I'm like really fucking with Chief Key. I'm already like with Fat Trail and shit a lot. So it was just like, yo, this is crazy. Word, yeah, man. Great memories. Hey man, salute to that, bro. Because that time period was special, man. Now, <laughs> let's go to something that's going to pop off next year. And I don't know how we always forget to talk about it, but something in the water is back. And it's back in Virginia Beach. They <laughs> sold tickets without telling us <laughs> who's going to pull up. Brothers were buying it fast and sisters. Um, you already know how it's going with the... Um, spots down in virginia beach in the 757 sold out yeah they rented it up how do you feel about something in the water and their campaign to it's was successful to bring it back to our home state of virginia or home com commonwealth whatever if you want to get technical how do you feel about that and do you think it's a finesse that they're selling tickets and nobody knows who's going to be there i don't think that's a finesse because pharrell can bring anybody he's worked with damn near well please before you continue jamal do recall did were you interested in the rolling loud lineup this, i said rolling loud in the something in the water lineup this year in dc because i wasn't no nah, i wasn't but that's I dc though. that's dc i wasn't interested i feel like pharrell's gonna put more effort into anything that has anything to do with virginia beach so and just the fact that it's on the beach. My only beef with it is that it don't be like summer time. It be yeah. like kind of cold a little bit. Yeah. That's whack to me. <laughs> but I, you know, I mean, I guess the summer of Virginia Beach is, is too hot down there, like literally and figuratively. Like it's just too hot of a time for the beach to be like, yeah, we're going to let you do it during our peak time. But um, I'm excited that it's back in Virginia. I think it's dope for Virginia to have a nice, festival something that we can look forward to yearly and i think it's just a better location than government as washington dc you know what i'm saying yeah i don't know man i think uh i think it is weird that <laughs> selling a joint with without knowing who's gonna be there like you said pharrell hey he's one of the most excuse me one of the most beloved artists of his generation one of the kindest celebrities from what it seems um you know i never met him but i did do things with his charity down in virginia beach when i was a college kid at norfolk state so i know that he really cares about his community he cares about his city you right you know he's gonna try to show off show out for uh virginia beach so we'll see but hey my goal is for chapasu convos to be there podcasting man we getting media passes we ain't paying to be there that's yeah. my goal so let's rock for it man if we got four months we can get this thing in motion man we will get it in motion because i'm i'm i wasn't you know what i mean i didn't even buy a ticket yeah i didn't buy a ticket either we can walk down on them so hey we'll see how it goes but uh real quick if i do go down there though i'm going to the norva this time worry yeah me too i'll i'll yeah because i'm mad we didn't that was when Gunner was at doing the show. And Uzi was there. Yeah, and yeah, that would peak. I think Migos might have been there too. Yeah, they were there. A lot of they people. They got canceled. 
Yeah, Virgil was there. Like people showed up for that joint. Yeah, rest in peace, Virgil. So yeah, but um, and take off. Yes, for sure. Yes, man, that's sad. Hey, man. But yeah, um, Pusha T. I read an interview he has with Double XL. He said it's almost dry. It's the rap album of the year. He believes it should win the Grammy. If it doesn't, it is what it is. But his goal is to now drop more consistently. He said he's working on an album, collecting beats from different people, from No ID to Steve Lacey. Him and Kanye haven't talked in a while because Kanye's moving mad. <laughs> he doesn't agree with it. And uh, of course, you know, he's always going to work with Pharrell. That's his brother. He said, speaking of his biological brother, Malice, he said he hopes they can do an album again, but, you know, it's not on him because he would love to do it. It's on his big brother, but seems like it's more likely than not that it will happen. And um, he's working on a mixtape, which is interesting to me. Um, the interviewer asked him, what's the thought process behind working on a mixtape in 2022 going into 2023? And he felt like as a street rapper, his content and what he does, the mixtapes were a big part of that. So you can't delete the mixtapes from street rap. So he's working on a special project to, you know, try to restore the feeling. And I'm excited about that because you know how they have theory, like not theories, but like they have like statements like the mixtape Wheezy. Like, oh, mm -hmm. Little Wayne on mixtapes, he's different. Mm -hmm. Pusha T is like that for me on mixtapes, especially We Got It For Cheap with the Rehab Gang. I think that's the best trilogy in rap history. And then you listen to Rat That Kane, like, when he's on his tape shit, he goes off. So I'm excited about it. Um, What do you think about a mixtape in 2023? What do you think the value is? And... Would you do it the traditional way if you were to handle the mixtape or would you try some new ideas with it? I would do it the trad traditional way with the DJ screaming all over it. And um, I can't really think of any like new ideas I would do, but I would do it the, tr the traditional way. And I think that, I hope it comes back because I feel like, like you said, people do their best music on mixtapes. And, but... I don't know. I think it might be kind of like dead now. You know, I just don't like that. Everything is around it, like with streaming and just how the industry is like has been rebuilt. It's just, I just feel like it, it'll never be the same. Yeah. I mean, you're a DJ. You can make a mixtape with some artists, man. You can bring it back, literally. Have you ever thought about that? Yeah, a few times, oh, but that's yeah, I mean, that's the yeah. yeah Gucci set on Freaky Girl. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's just like, you know, I've thought about it a few times, but I mean, it'll be it'll be pretty dope. I mean, I hope, you know what I mean? I don't, you know, I hope Pusha does well with it. I, oh, you know, I feel like he doesn't have, hey, I feel like he has fans, but he don't have like that many fans and stuff. Hey, he man, he had nerdy. enough fans to have his first number one album. That's not he has, he has like a lot of those hipster nerdy fans. You nobody think, really cares I don't about think that's the majority of this fan base. I think they're I, I think, think they're mostly white. You think the majority well, hey. Yeah. Yeah, but that's I guess you could say like that. Well he said he wish he had the J. Cole's fan base, nigga. You do. 
I don't. Well, I street, guess by, I guess street, by, real street young niggas or street minded niggas don't be listening to Pusha T. Smart people listen to him. Yeah, you. That's the thing, though. Like you said, I don't think young people listen to him. I think older people listen to him. And yeah, you can say a lot of his fans are white, but I think you can say that with a lot of rappers, right? Like even Chuck D talked about Public Enemy shows being majority white back in the days. There's some, t- I don't know what it is, but of course there is some rap that is just for the community. But the, I don't know, I feel like when you reach a certain level of success, you can't help it, but have a lot of white fans. Like even like he has a lot of fans. Don't get me wrong. Nah, I know what you mean. But if like a younger artist or like a little baby was doing like a mixtape, I think it'll cause more of like a yeah, yeah, yeah. Because little baby is a relevant mainstream artist. Pusha T is a legend. He's a legacy act, like Nas. Yeah, they, what they do doesn't move the needle in the mainstream. Yeah. They make great music and their fans appreciate it, yep. but it doesn't really affect what happens in the rap world. But their music is good enough to get, you know, nominated for a Grammy. So that's cool. So that kind of puts them in the mainstream world. But yeah, you're right. Like, oh, rappers, I think mixtapes, I need it back. Shout out Hood Rich yeah. King. We're the new generation of DJs. It's like I'm happy for DJ Drama. He brought back Gangsta Grills, but damn, where the kids at? Like you're right. It doesn't seem like I can't like think of like a young hot DJ. They're all just doing like parties and shit. Yeah, DJ Esco should have been the next star DJ, but you know he went the Vegas route, and you know yeah, never came back. He was teasing extra extra Esco Terrestrial too. Then I don't know what happened. Yeah, I mean, they're all like, yeah, I can't think of any. They're just getting money, I think, right now. Yeah. All right. uh, Let's go even to some more old school conversations, man. Uh, (laughs) Old school convo number one. Common versus Styles P was a conversation going on on what I like to call Dusthead Rap Twitter. <laughs> you got to explain that. What does that mean? Dusthead. Are they smoking dust? No, no, no. They're not smoking. Well, they some of them used to back in the day, but they changed their lives for the better. But these are the guys that, you know, these are the people that they say, hey, yo, hey, little baby's wax, son. <laughs> oh, you need, you need why listen- you call why do you call them dustheads? Oh man, nah, yeah, you got hey, that's their generation, man. They they hate on the youth and they only like old school. And these are the people that said Styles P is better than common. And hey, I guess that's what rap is about. It's all about your perspective. I feel like Common's the better artist because he has better songs and makes better albums. Other people can say Styles P is better because. They think he makes better albums, maybe. And they don't like the content Common has. They'd rather have what Styles P does. So it all depends. Like, for me, it's not even close about who's a better rapper. Like, I think Common is like a top 25 rapper ever, top 30. And it's not, and, and, with, and that's with Styles being very dope. Yeah, Styles P is nice, but he ain't a top 50 rapper ever for me, so... Common is, so I don't think it's close. And tell them why, who was saying, if you liked who, what it meant. What they were saying, like, if you like, if you choose Common, 
Oh, if you like common, then you're a square bear, you know? You're not a street nigga. You say you're from the suburbs. Yeah, you're not a street nigga if you like common. And I could understand that because of his content. He's not a gangster rapper. So people don't respect that. If you only like street rap, gangster rap, niggas selling drugs and stuff and their music killing people, you're not gonna like common. So I get it. It all that's what the beauty of rap is. It's all about preference. So speaking of preference, why don't Hold you on. do you consider that? Jay-Z a gangster rapper? Uh no, he's a street rapper. I think it's different. Gangster rappers, all they talk about is crime. Street rappers, they switch it up. They use street, they'll use like street references in their music, but that's not the main reason of them making the music. Even like, if he talks about shooting people sometimes? Yeah, that's a part of the streets. So is the Mexican. I heard Detroit Lonely talk about buying guns and drugs and clothes. And he's is DMX a street rapper or a gangster rapper? He's a street rapper. He talks about life on the streets. He talks about the ups and downs of coming up in the streets. I look at like someone like if, who I would say like the drill rappers of the early 2010s from Chicago, those boys were gangster rappers. Like Prime, Jeezy, Gucci. Those boys are gangster rappers to me. Trappers is just another version of gangster rap. Like, that's what, like, uh, Waka, that's gangster rap to me. Bow, bow, bow. So that means Styles is a street rapper. Yeah, because he's smart. He's a smart nigga. Mm -hmm. Kind of like a prodigy. Yeah, exactly. They're smart niggas. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think, like, for me, a gangster rapper would be, like, um, who's just a murder, murder, kill nigga? Spice One. Yeah, yeah, like that. That's a gangster rapper. Okay, so you basically just answered my question now is, is this. So Jay-Z is a street rapper. Styles is a street rapper. All right, so basically I was going to ask you who's... I re, well, I'm going to tell you why I'm going to ask you this. I was going to ask you who's the best... Well, you, you don't have to be pinpoint precise, but I was going to ask you who do you think is the best gangster rapper ever and maybe who's the best street rapper ever because it seems like the people like Common are always better at rap as far as skill-wise than street and gangster rappers. But you just kind of messed up my point because you said Jay-Z's a street rapper. Yes. So it doesn't automatically mean... so. And Jay-Z's better than Common. Yeah, the street rappers are the best. Biggie was a street rapper. I wouldn't call him a gangster rapper. I would okay. say Tupac was a street rapper. Tupac talked about what's happening in the streets, different perspectives. From Brenda's got a baby to like, just like, that's what I talk about. Like the streets, I'm talking about, yeah, the hood, the crime and what the effects is on the society. And balling from it. Yeah, exactly. But you know, but the difference is street rappers, they still talk about being in the field or being around people that are in the field. While conscious brother, conscious rappers like Common, hey, my brother, you shouldn't do that. What's up, Queen? They, they still that. say they know people that can do exactly, stuff but they them. do it in a different way. You know it too. It's kind. Of, they do it like in the Wale's way. Like, oh, I, I don't know, I don't do that, but I know people that do. <laughs> and um, because I was just gonna, I was just saying like, it's so now to me the the skill level, I guess from what you're saying is street rapper, conscious rapper, then gangster rapper. Not saying that there aren't gangster rappers that that aren't better than street rappers, but it just seems like sometimes the 
the conscious people or the non-street people skill-wise are just better than the street people and the gangster people to me it seems like that by the way for me the greatest gangster rapper ever is 1988 ice cube nothing goes harder than that boy 1988 mm -hmm. ice cube the one that made gangster gangster the one that made dope man he's the best gangster rapper ever the nigga that wrote boys in the hood that boy's the best gangster rapper ever then you look at when he became a solo artist and was hanging around um public squad. Then, yeah the bomb squad then he became a street rapper almost conscious you saw the evolution that quickly but yeah for me nobody's touching 1988 ice cube that nigga was gangster i know yeah. he was living that life but that yeah. nigga you just basically messed up my whole point now because i was <laughs> almost for a second thinking that the people like common are kind of automatically better than just the street people hey rap is from the streets so street rap is always gonna win like even for me melly mel white lines is a street rap song and then if you think about it, Andre 3000 is better than a lot of people. Common's better than a lot of people. Better at just rapping. rapping words. That's the thing. I don't, I'm not like you that cares about, oh, how good can you rap? I care about how good is the content you're making? How good's your catalog? And the message. And That's what matters to me more than, oh, how good can you rap? I'm, I'm mm -hmm. not a science nigga when it comes to that. So, but then again, I can't put Nas in the conscious bag because he's a street rapper. Yeah, he's not a conscious. That's why he even he even mentions it on stuff like, man, people want me to be something like this, but that's not me. I'm more like this. That's why I like him talking his talk on King's Disease 3 when he talks about being a kid <laughs> when he was younger and he was trying to make a quick flip and make some money and he took his little brother, Jungle Stash, flipped the work jungle got mad but he gave him more money off i was like whoa see that's i like that type of stuff because we know Nas isn't he doesn't claim to be the drug lord like rick ross but he does kind of play with that persona when he you know he became Nas escobar so i like hearing little tales like that like conscious rappers can't tell us stuff like that so do you think uh common and lupe fiasco are better than 50 cent no well, uh, maybe Common might be better than 50. It's close, uh, but 58, that brother, he has one of the best Peak 7 rap. Okay. Yeah, but... Uh, Common's not better than DMX, is he? No. Is he? No. Hmm. All okay. right, speaking of DMX, let's talk about his favorite rapper and a brother that you never understood why people liked him. I mean, I, I understood. I just thought it was just too much, too much credit. Talk about why he's overrated. Scarface, Brad Jordan. Him, right? Yeah, who else? You 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 the one that said you never understood why people like him. He's not top five. He's I never said I never understood. You gotta understand. My brother loves Scarface. My dad loves Scarface. He was, you know, he's like you, like we said before, he's your favorite rapper's favorite rapper. And, and I think public i hope you're seeing this whenever people like something around jamal he automatically has <laughs> go ahead i'm not hating on it i just think that there's a lot of rappers that are better than him and i don't think that he deserves to just automatically be tupac and ice cube and dmx's dad and stylistically and it's just like if you're gonna say that then cool g rap is everybody's dad schoolie d is everybody's no dad ice t is everybody's no dad said he's ice cube's dad he is you said that no, I didn't. I if you, I know sometimes you switch it up to Chuck D after I remind uh, you. I know. I said he was Tupac 
and DMX is dead. He created the emo street rapper yeah. thing. Blah, 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 blah. Just, That's why they just, love him so much. Just because he did it DMX first. Said when he met him, he was shook. He was like, oh my God, this is my dad. I can kind of see what you're talking about with um the first nigga to talk about mental illness. He's the first person to talk about depression. He's that's the, because he's one of the oldest rappers. Yeah, but that's the difference. The difference is that yeah, he was the oldest, but he wasn't. That's the thing. When he first came out, he was 17, 18. He's I mean, he because he came out. What I'm saying is, is because he was rapping in the 80s. That's why he's the first, even yeah, though people there the were rappers thing. before. There was a lot of rappers that were going on around that time but they weren't talking about the things he was that's the difference i get it he has a you can give him a tree like and he has branches yeah. under it but after a while you can't just credit all their shit just straight to him like but that, hey, everybody influences everybody back to them even the concept of biggie making suicidal thoughts that's the same concept as i'm dead from his first album like he is the writer like jr writer try to say Scarface is the writer of writers. That's he is one of the best writers ever in rap. That's why all that's the true. rappers look up to him. That's why all the niggas know he's the one. Even that's why Jay Z would say Scarface is top five because Scarface, the way he writes, is nobody else can do that shit. He's too advanced. I will say there that is, now, when I think about how um, many rappers have a classic album in the eighties and the nineties and the two thousands, like I will say that thinking about um, people love his legacy. That's why thinking about never uh, seen a man cry till I seen a man die. That flow does remind me of um, DMX's flow sometimes, especially when he does his prayer stuff. Because Scarface kind of raps like a preacher sometimes. Yeah, I mean that's the that's what I'm. So saying. I get what you're saying with the DMX thing at first. Like I thought you just meant like just kind of like the darkness and just like oh no, I'm talking about the, the introspective content. street um consciousness of it, but even the flow kind of yeah, reminds me. Tell. That's why even when you hear Scarface, I mean when you hear Tupac, you can hear the Scarface flow. Like I learned that I was reading because you know I'm a rap nerd. I have the 50th issue of Source magazine, and they ask different rappers. Hey, what's your favorite album? Tupac said his favorite album was Grip It On That Other Level by the Ghetto Boys. And that was the first album by Source Magazine to be given five mics by a Southern rap group. And actually, it was so old that they didn't even have the mic system. It was broken records. So that's like, that's how long Scarface has been around. And even like working, like a lot of people don't know that the Ghetto Boys and Rap A Lot, they were around death row a lot that's why you hear bushwick bill he's like on the interlude on the chronic they were influencing them a lot and their swag and how they got their style like scarface he's like the nigga that's always there and niggas love because his content he's the quote-unquote real one like even remember his beef with Lil troy and people trying to say he's a snitch in paperwork mm -hmm. scarface was like the first rapper that i show like nigga where am i snitching on paperwork he's been through a lot like he is like the blueprint. If you want to say someone that was a gang, Scarface was a gangster rapper, and then he became a street rapper. And then you could say he even became a little conscious. Like, his evolution is crazy. And he's kind of like a horrorcore guy. Yeah, he's done that too. But he used to be like, man, that wasn't my idea. That was goddamn, that was goddamn <laughs> Willie D in there. <laughs> but really crazy. Do you, do you think he's still a top 10 rapper? No, I feel like you made a top 10. You had him out of there. Yeah, he used he used to be top 10. Like 
10, 15 years ago, but now that's my yeah, that's my point. That's all I'm saying now. Like it's just like all the people who revered him are old now. Yeah, that's how life works. Well, there, but there's gonna be a, a few that are stuck in there, like Tupac, Biggie, Jay Z. Yeah, because you know they're the mainstream kings. That's it, though, Nas. But other than that, Lil Wayne is in my top ten now. He wasn't there before. Kanye, Drake, Kendrick—they're in my top ten now. They weren't there before, so yeah, niggas got to get out. Kanye I, used to have Ice Cube. I used to think Ice Cube was a top ten rapper, and LL Cool J not anymore. Sorry. Kanye's in your top 10? Yep. His albums are too good. I don't care if he doesn't His rap. three albums? Huh? His three albums are too good? Uh, I'd say... <laughs> I mean, it's four. Registration, graduate. Four. four albums? Uh, Dark Fantasy. And that's it. Uh, Watch the Throne. That's that, one, that album's all right. It's not all that. Jesus. Watch the Throne's not all that. It's okay. Hey, that's your opinion. There's nothing wrong with that. I Jesus think, is all right. His Good Friday shit is good. I think uh, Watch Your Throne is still the best collab rap album to exist. Everybody's still trying to emulate that, but they can't. Yeah, but uh, let's go. Who else? What other, what other old legend are you mad at? Oh, yeah, DJ Quick. Why don't you break that down for the people? Well, DJ Quick feels that he should be placed in the same tier and reverence of dr dre and i just disagree as much as i love dj quick um dj quick because dj quick doesn't have one banger that's close to dre's like worst banger he doesn't have no uh g thing he don't have no next episode he doesn't have no let me rides he ain't got no nwa type shit he ain't got no um Snoop, well, that's probably Daz who did that. The Snoop Doggy Dog. Who did that? Daz or Dre? I mean, they put Dr. Dre's name on all of it, so yeah. Well. <laughs> but that's the all right. I'll he do doesn't it. have the fucking family affair, Mary J. Blige. Yeah, you're naming a lot of mainstream smashes, and this is what he said. I never had a machine behind me. That always hurt my friends more than it did me. That's the difference. Dr. Dre is the machine. He's the industry. So, yeah, those things are classic to us, but it's also because they put a lot of money behind them joints to make it hits. That's what the dip. That's why Dr. Dre is a genius. Fuck the music. That nigga always knew who's the money man. I'm following you, Eric. But Ryan, even but Quick doesn't even I'm have following. beats that that's, hit like that. That's the point. That's your opinion. That's nothing wrong with that. I'm just talking about the machine. If you have niggas that press buttons behind you, like Jimmy Iovine. Like even working with Jerry Heller with the Ruthless Records machine, like that's the difference. Dr. Dre has always been sold as a mainstream artist while DJ Quick was the underground king. That's the difference. So if he was so even if he's really good, people are there was nobody who wanted to put him in the mainstream. Well, difference just... is he signed a deal with relatively uh I think he was with Relativity, DJ Quick. I forgot what label he was with. But the deal, I think he was on priority. Like, Easy E wanted to sign him because he was the hottest nigga in LA. But he was like, eh, I don't know if I want to be under Ruthless. And I remember he talked about how uh, Suge wanted him to join Death Row. Like, niggas did want him, but, but it's like he signed with Profile at the time. Oh, that's his main label, Profile. And Profile, they were a pretty good 
record label. They're under, uh, they used to be independent from 1981 to 1998. And that's the prime of his career. He was on an independent label. So that's the difference. And even while being on an independent label, he had three platinum albums and a gold album, which is good. So that's the difference. Like, it's that. I'm not saying, oh. D- that's one of the, a small difference. That's, that's a, the main that's difference. That's a small factor. The main, Dog. like I told you all the time, the reason why we know these legendary artists and all this is because they sold records. They were popular. He didn't have the machine behind him, even E-40. Then that's why he can't be if there were Dre. Yeah, but that that's why he said, if you're just talking about sonic value the music then he thinks we're not that far apart if you're talking about yeah. records so nobody's ever talked just talking about that buddy like i don't understand he's he's you, very skilled but you, that doesn't that's do the it. thing to you no one in your world talks about it but in rap in rap everybody rap, talks about dj quick and how great he is i know that okay. that's in my world i know how now, i listen to more dj quick than you but that's all i'm saying thing. is this nah the thing is the difference is you keep talking about oh he doesn't have this he doesn't have that i'm doesn't. talking about there's a lot of people that say DJ Quick is a better producer than Dr. Dre. Yeah, I know, dog. You, you realize who you're talking to? That say, there's a lot of people that say DJ Quick brought more sonic evolutions to production than Dr. Dre. They're just with talking claps. about the technical aspect. With his claps? All that, from the claps to the Indian samples to how he used El DeMar. True Perts for the True Perts song. Yeah, all that stuff. Listen, dog, you look, you're talking to somebody who listens and likes DJ Quick more than you. So, all I'm saying is you can't. I don't know about that. I like. I, I know about that. All I'm saying is I love DJ Quick. I think he's a great producer, but at the same, and I think skill wise, technically, and all that shit, he probably is better than Dre because, like you said, Dre put his name on a lot of stuff, like Scott Storch stuff, Daz stuff. You got but, eighty niggas making his beats. How can but I at the same time, right? and you, you got just, Jimmy Iovine. But at the same time, it's just to me, it's just pointless to say like that's like somebody saying, "Oh, I was really better than Michael Jordan for real," but like I didn't get drafted by this person or I didn't have this teammate and this coach, and it's just like, okay, uh, we can't really, we can't really like quantify that, um, and it's just like, yeah, like if I like like I just feel like Quick should have been better with what he did i mean he i love his shit with tony 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 shit like that but like i mean dog just you can't don't you just can't touch dre dog i'm sorry like you know i have no california loves and you've worked with tupac i like the stuff he did with tupac more than california love but that's just me i think born g's as good as him as a producer i think um the Dangerous Crew, two shorts producers, is as good as Quick. I don't think Quick is better than the Neptunes. It's my opinion, man. Like I, y'all like, I get it. Like that's like a, it's like the same thing with the Scarface thing. It's like a thing that's said, that's been said over and over and over, but people don't like to challenge it. And I'm just here to challenge this shit. Like yeah, Scarface. I'm just not letting. You just be like, oh, like just give other people's credit to Scarface. Like it almost sounds like you give Tupac's credit to Scarface. You used to give Ice Cube's credit that they deserve to Scarface, and then now you want to just put Quick up with Dre. I just feel like if Quick was really that nice, somebody would have he would be better than he would have more things to show for. Like, what are his most popular songs? And I don't know if you on mute or not. 
I'm letting you kick your flavor, man. You the DJ quick. I'm asking you a question now. What are his most popular songs? Tonight, pitch on a party, use a gangster. Um, what else would I say? Uh, the Tony, Tony, Tony one. Yeah, born and raised in Compton. Uh, way too funky. Just like Compton. Down, down, down with AMG, sugar free and pitch. Uh, and uh, Mossberg. Uh, None of that gets played. Yeah, because he's a LA, he's an underground artist. People play regulators more than all his stuff. Yeah, and what was regulators released on? Def Jam. That's the difference. One nigga had a button on him, one nigga didn't. That's literally the difference in art. So that's why it all depends on that's why I care more about the quality of the art than how popular it became, because it all depends on what machine you're in. Maybe one day he can be like how real artists are who like when they're alive and shit. They don't really get to see their flowers like Basquiat when he was alive, like the hit people knew, but his art didn't become what it was until like almost 25, 30 years after his death type shit. Maybe one day in the future of music, the kids in the future will go back and like revere and sample DJ quick, like kind of how like they did with three, six mafia and shit like that. That could possibly happen. Like how you said, you, you just mentioned the word art that could very much happen because maybe people will, will appreciate and understand his genius because he is a genius but i just feel like i don't know it's they just, won't sample it because these kids are lazy they only see you just it. never know in 20 years you never know you never know yeah. but at the same time yeah. like sampling is too expensive for these kids that's you why never, you just never know what can happen why they only go for the hot sample because they need it to work now i'm just saying you just never know what can happen in 20 years but all i know is that i think that might be dead more likely than that all I'm saying is I think it bothers me because he keeps always saying the Dre thing. Like, it's like you can tell he has, like, some kind of bitterness a little bit. Like, always to Dre. They're both from Compton, obviously. But, like you said, he could have been with Ruthless. He could have been with Death Row. So, it's like... And maybe Dre didn't... Maybe Dre stayed away from him a little bit because he's like, I know you better than me, so you can't be in my studio for too long. Yeah, Dre's, Dre's threatened by people that are just as talented as him. We know how he bit above the law and acted like he created G-Funk, like he does stuff like that. We know how Warren G is his little stepbrother, and he basically took his little brother's friends to for his label, <laughs> for his own benefit. But Warren G, you can't get signed here. But hey, that might have been a blessing in disguise. And you also, if you're going to say this about Quick, you can mention similar things about Battlecat. Battlecat's a, a great producer, too. Yeah, a lot of people. That was a thing on Twitter last week. Niggas talking about how nice Battlecat is. People are realizing that Dr. Dre, because he's so popular, niggas give him all the credit for West Coast music when it was a lot of niggas putting in work. People are realizing that. I think that's why Quick said something, because that's why he said, I'm tired when people always try to compare me and Dre, because that's what people do. Like, yeah, you're better than Dre. I don't know why Dre gets all that. You're better than Dre. He said in this tweet, yeah, it hurts my friends more than it hurts me. Dre's like a big brother to me. I fuck with him. But, but yeah, he don't got no fucking, um, what's that game song? Crip Niggas Blood Niggas Essay. I forgot what that song is called. Vice Lords Decide. White Lords, Haitians, all these motherfuckers been patient. He don't got that. I got no in the club. I'm just saying, and Quick worked with a lot of R&B people. He doesn't have a family affair. 
Like, do you hear those, how that, how that beat sounds? Quick sometimes be getting too, like, chill with his shit. He's, like, almost too relaxed. It doesn't mean it's not great, but that's just, I don't know. I just feel like you just can't, you can't do this. Okay, it's funny. It says Dr. Dre and Scott Storch. West Side Story is the song I'm talking about. Quick don't have one of those. Word. All right, man. I'm just saying, you don't have nothing to say. I mean, all you said was people said you was great. I got moves to make, so I'll holla at you next week. I'm just wondering. Merry Christmas. We see y'all next week.